Hey, when does the show start? Hey, wait a minute. <gasps> First, let's hear from our sponsors. Oh, okay. In just a minute. of all lifetime mental illness begins at the age of 14, 75% by the age of 24. You got something going on. You need to reach out to somebody, maybe a neutral third party, markwelltherapy.com. Dr. David Markwell and his therapists uh, do an amazing job there at Ridgeline Counseling. Markwelltherapy.com. They can do it virtually. You can stop by one of their three Georgia locations, East Cobb, Marietta near the square, or McKaysville, right outside of Blue Ridge. Again, markwelltherapy.com. True story. Uh, One of our most popular guests uh, is Matt Dugmany Aurora, the Aurora Law Firm. Uh, That's no joke. You guys love him. I love him. If you have any questions for him when he pops in on the show, you go to podcastthebs.com. There's a whole section set up. You can ask us on social media, or you can leave a message on our hotline, 404-369-3825, possibly get a one-on-one. Specializing in criminal law, located in Atlanta, but practices nationwide, theauroralawfirm.com, theauroralawfirm.com. It's time, ladies and gentlemen. After all these years in the radio business, Jason Bailey is finally unfiltered. I don't know what you want. With his bestest buddy and producer, all the way from Mexico, it's Nate, dude. Sit back, enjoy. Here is the podcast that is all about intellectually immature nonsense. Are a very particular set of skills. You will love it. Why? Because I'm Jason's neighbor. I'm old man Kevin. (laughs) And by God, this is the BS. Hello, welcome to the BS. It is uh, episode 156. I am Nate. And I'm here with my wife, Alexis. Say hi, Alex. Hey, guys. How's it going? And, of course, Brandon. Or did the people what up? <laughs> From the Clueless 2 podcast. Um, as I said, episode 156. Uh, we are kind of in that weird limbo again where uh, we're going to have an interview with, uh, with Jason and everyone else. Um, but we're going to be doing this opening with us. And we will do the bonus content after. So if you're a premium two percenter, stick around um, for the bonus content. I believe we are doing another uh, one question with Brandon. So that should be some fun. (laughs) You got a good question this week, Brandon? I got them brewing in my brain. I actually had this one when I like woke up uh, in the morning after having a weird ass dream. I've been having a lot of weird dreams lately. And I can remember a lot of them lately, which is, I guess, kind of cool, kind of a good thing. But it's kind of stems from one of my dreams. Very nice. Do you normally remember your dreams? You know, that's what I was just thinking about. Like, here in the past, like, couple months, I've really been able to rem- uh, remember a lot of my dreams. And I don't know if maybe my brain's growing or I, like, fell into, you know, some kind of drug that was on the ground, like some kind of Roundup or Spectracide, and it's just, like, influencing my brain. But, yeah, lately, like, the past few months, I've been able to remember a lot of my dreams. And, like, the past year, I've been having a lot of dreams, probably about three to four a week. Really? Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, he said he was smoking last, right? Isn't that what happens when you smoke yeah. less? Well, yeah, I don't think you never have like smoked a ton of pot, right? Like, I mean, maybe now and then, but not like consistently or do you? Yeah, yeah. You know, maybe like four or five times a week, you know, smoke a good old blunt and uh, <laughs> yeah. not like I used to back in the day, you know, wake up on a Saturday and smoke all day. I, I can't do that anymore, man. I'll get tired as hell for some reason, like halfway 
it's kind of like when I eat lunch too. I, that's why I usually don't eat lunch. I just get too tired. So usually I save the the pot for the for the end of the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah same here. We're usually we smoke usually at night, um, just to like watch TV, wind down, or whatever, and then. I don't know. Like if I'm going out and doing things, I don't usually like to be like super high because, yeah, I get tired. Or if you're going out to dinner or something, then you, you're tired yeah. and hungry. Uh, it's never a good situation. But I'll eat like a, a sativa gummy like going on the beach. So oh, that's we'll, nice. Yeah. yeah. So we'll go sit on the beach and sativas will usually they're more uppers than, you know, like an indica is more, you know, into couch. So you'd be more a little more relaxed. But like sativa, like kind of gives me a little bit of energy, but still it's high at the same time. So like we'll just go and sit on the beach and eat gummy and just be like, ah. so like <laughs> yeah. that's about the extent of it. But like, so I know some dudes that like smoke and then go work out and shit. I'm like, no thanks. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. I got buddies that'll smoke like before work, during work, midway through work, after work. I'm like, dude, I don't know how you do that because once I smoke, I just want to chill out. I don't know how they how they work through that, and it just makes the day last longer. I feel like, especially when you're working, you're like. Man, I've been working forever. It's like, oh, shit, it's only been 20 minutes. Yeah, it's almost like when you drink coffee and you have that, like, coffee crash after the effects wear off. It's the same thing for me smoking. Like, I get if I, like, smoke earlier in the day and then, like, sober up or whatever, then I feel weird after. Like, I'm just tired. I don't want to do anything for the rest of the day. It's like getting day drunk and then sobering up and then trying to go do something at night. I'm like, all right, I just got to keep drinking. Just push through it. <laughs> I'd be too hungry all the time. I that's all I want to do is eat. So I literally cannot smoke all the time, yeah. <laughs> or else I'll eat everything. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of that, this strain we've been on has like made me extra hungry. Like sometimes Ooh. I'll smoke weed and I'm like, yeah, I'm not really hungry. I'll just eat normal. But this this last strain, dude, I'll like eat some yogurt and some fruit, and I'm like, damn. I'll be like, cook a pizza. I'm like, damn, I'm still hungry. <laughs> so I've been trying to substitute it with like fruits and stuff, so I'm not just eating a bunch of junk food. Oh, you got that Anthony Bourdain strain. Yeah. <laughs> Cook a bunch of food. Yeah. Oh, didn't he kill himself? Oh, that happened. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So me. Yeah. Maybe you don't want that strain. Oh, man. Yeah. I meant the food. Okay. Oh yeah. But yeah. No. I don't. I don't really remember any of my dreams. And that's what Alexis was getting at. Is uh, we've heard or read that if you smoke like if you're like a daily smoker, you don't dream. And there's something about thc or whatever that i don't know if it's like it doesn't put you into like that rem sleep yeah, that's what it is. or something yeah, I think but, what I heard. but yeah like i really don't have any dreams unless i'm like take a nap during the like a power nap during the day and then i wake up and i'm like what the fuck like where'd that werewolf go i still have dreams i just have less <laughs> i think yeah but even when i do have dreams i, I always remember being younger or the kid like you only remember them like right you have to like write it down right when you wake up it's not like you don't usually like three days later, like, Oh, I had a dream about that last night. It's like a lot of times they just kind of like disappear. If you don't like, like consciously think about them in the morning. Right. Did you see that? Family yeah. Guy? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I guess it's kind of like, that's maybe like when deja vu kicks in, that's what I always think. Like maybe this didn't actually happen, but I had a dream about this, you know, like a long time ago. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, my dreams used to be bad when I was a kid too. I used to have repeating dreams. Like there was like this, uh, the same exact basement I'm sitting on. Cause I used to be scared of this basement. Mm -hmm. And I think, like this big old black figure like shadow like following me around and then uh right before i woke up one time he told me he was like i'm gonna come back and get you and then it was literally like a year later i had the same exact dream i'm oh, like no. holy shit there he is again he went lying he's back i have a couple like that too wait sorry lex what were you saying i was saying remember that um family guy episode we just watched and it's like uh something about like wives or your significant other and how 
they have to explain their dreams. It's like, I think it was a, called Mom Dreams. It's like, oh, yeah, I did. I was here and I had big hands and Susie was there and this and that. And it goes like nowhere. And Peter and them are just like, what the? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, I feel like there's a couple of comedians like that too have done bits. It's like, the dreams are always so crazy to you, but yeah, you're when, like you have to hear this. But you, you kind of had to be there. You know, it's like, oh, it's crazy, man. You're like, yeah, I had giant hands and I was picking my nose and I put my finger through my face or something. It's like, <laughs> it, at the time, it was probably crazy. But when someone else is telling you, you're like, okay, well, right. it's like an Adult Swim cartoon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, I don't normally remember a lot of my dreams, but I, I have had a, uh, some re- reoccurring ones, like you're talking about. And there's this one, and I never really knew what it meant. I just thought it was like, because, you know, some people say there's things that in your dreams mean something like, oh, if you see a tiger, it means you're anxious. or like you're subconscious. Yeah, something like that. But I always had this dream where I was like in this, I don't know if it was like a lake or ocean or some kind of water, and I, it was like I'd be running and I'd jump, and it was like I could jump like a mile and not like a mile, but you know, like hundreds of feet in the air. And I just remember like looking down and I'm like, Holy shit, this is going to hurt when I fall back down. And so now like being here in in Mexico where the beach we go to, they have this area where people are learning how was it kite surfing Mm -hmm. or learn how to kite surf. And that's, you know, like it's where they have that surfboard and the kite thing. And and, like, sometimes they jump up in the air and they go and it'll like take them up real high in the air. So now I'm starting to think like, maybe I'm destined to learn how to kite surf because I've just been having (laughs) it because I've had this dream since like high school. And I I thought it was like, oh, maybe, you know, I want to learn or maybe I'm destined to go skydiving sometime or something like that. But but this thing feels like I jump up really high, but then I come back down and I'm okay. So I like think down a little bit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So maybe I need to learn how to kite surf. So that's what that's yeah, what all the pieces of the puzzle are coming together. Yeah. Man. <laughs> what if that's what happened? I'm like, you know, I'm going to be 40 in, in July. It's like I my whole life is like a lie. And I'm really supposed to be kite surfing my whole life. And I just start when I'm 40 and I'm like a fucking badass. I'm going to go into the X Games and shit. You're like, Tony <laughs> yeah, like sponsored by Red Bull. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. Did you guys ever have friends with dream books? Do you remember those? Yeah. What you said earlier reminded me of that. And I'm sure more of a girl thing, but a lot of my girlfriends would have dream books. Oh, what was your dream? Like the tiger? You said, what? Oh, bats? Oh, it means this. You're going to you're gonna go out with Jason next week or something, you know? like What a great scam. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like we don't really know why we dream or how we dream or anything about or a, a lot about it. But somebody has written a book on what these things mean in your dreams that we don't know about. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, <laughs> I probably believe that. And they're all like, it could mean this, or it could mean this, or it could mean this. <laughs> like, all right. <laughs> oh, man. So, hey, did you guys go back to that, um, was it Sister Louise's church in Ping Pong? Oh, yeah, yeah, we did. We went back uh, this past weekend. Um, yeah, oh, yeah, I sent you a picture of our buddy uh, Chris, redneck German Chris. His, uh, his alias on here is... <laughs> Gibraltar Ike because he's scared to death his work's going to find out he's on a podcast called The Clueless 2 and they're going to fire him or some shit. <laughs> so call him Gibraltar Ike. But yeah, we went up there. We hung out. It was a lot better this time. This time it didn't make me think it was a gay bar. There's a lot more chicks in there. Um, we had a good time. This time uh, we got all Diff August to come with us and we brought us half a blunt out there. They were pretty cool with us smoking there. Oh, wow. We met some uh, cool people out there. And the craziest thing was, so, you know, I do irrigation and stuff and I buy all my stuff from this warehouse. Um, well, I'm up there, and then I just see one of the guys that works at the warehouse walk by. I'm like, holy shit, Nick, what's up, man? He's like, looks at me for a second. He's like, oh, damn, Brandon. I was like, dude, this is crazy. I just saw y'all earlier today working, and now I'm up here, you know, two hours away from where that is. 
and we're just hanging out. I was like, that's pretty fun. That's pretty ironic. Yeah, oh, yeah. Man. What are the chances? That is crazy. Oh, man. So we how got there early enough, we got there early enough to play some darts. Yeah, that was pretty fun. I, I like a good game of darts. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. How long do y'all hang out there? Oh, man. We didn't. We got there at like uh, 1130, and I think we left at like 230, something like that. Then we hit up the old Waffle House. Nice. <laughs> I still I follow that. Uh, was it GA followers? Uh, Instagram oh, account, or whatever. yeah, and um, I always love watching their videos because lo- they they kind of post like the crazy shit going on in Atlanta. And there's always like once a week there's a Waffle House one. <laughs> yeah. Always. We yeah. went to this sketchy ass Waffle House, and we're glad it was closed. I've never seen a Waffle House at, like this. Like the front doors are like sealed off, and they just got like serving windows there. Oh, um, but the actual inside was closed. And I was like, you know, looking back on it, it's probably a good thing that place was closed because we probably would have got like robbed or mugged just sitting inside there it was like <laughs> right on the heart of edgewood oh yeah like, this is not a good time to be here super sketchy did you guys get caught in any of the taylor swift traffic or craziness no that was a surprising thing our, our buddy ryan we went with he like delivers chips up there in that area so we just took his chip route to get there and he was like oh i work at that gas station it's pretty rough i work at that one it's pretty rough <laughs> and we drove by we could see mercedes-benz stadium but yeah we never got caught up in any traffic thank god it was i was surprised honestly oh i can't imagine yeah i saw some video or actually lex you sent it to me right yeah, yeah. oh in the marta yeah just floods oh, yeah. of sparkly women <laughs> just flooding <laughs> the marta oh my god and they posted it like it was like this not I mean, like it was a huge deal or something, but I was like, that's what every Falcons or Atlanta United or concert game, like that's what it always looks like on Marta. Yeah. After any kind of event, it was just like the sea of women and they were all wearing like the same kind of outfit, you know, or same like variation of like sparkles and stuff. It was just all women. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's nice. Smart Marta contestants probably made out pretty good that night. Uh Oh yeah. Yeah, man. If if we were still doing that game, (laughs) that would be the time to do it. That would have been a good one. Oh yeah. I don't get it, man. I mean, like I, I can respect Taylor Swift. Uh, I know just, you know, I'm a 40 year old guy, so she's not really my, I'm not her target (laughs) demographic, but these people are go just go insane. Have you seen some of like the videos of just everybody dresses up and they're like screaming and crying the entire time. It's like the Beatles. Yeah, yeah, they get so emotional. I'm like, damn, I, I didn't realize they were like this diehard Taylor Swift fans. I don't, I don't know how you can be diehard for Taylor Swift. I mean, I guess she's a great singer and people like her, but I've never, I've heard of the Swifties, but I didn't know they were this intense and crazy. Right? Yeah, you yeah. don't mess with the Swifties; they'll the, take you down. Yeah, they're like, uh, <laughs> what are the ones that uh, Beyonce? What are her followers yeah, called? The, uh, like Beehive or Queen Bee? She's a Queen Bee, right? So yeah. they the Beehive. Bees? I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't get these these groups. I, to each their own, that's cool, but I just, it looks like a phenomenal show. I, I've never been, I, I just see some of the clips and everything, but it looks like it's really good production, but I don't know. It just, it just wasn't her thing it when might she just, came out. Yeah, I don't know. It might just be me, and maybe you feel the same way, Brandon, but like it, it's like listening to like Coldplay or something to me where it all sounds kind of the same. Like all of her songs are just kind of that. Let's, let's be honest, you love a couple of Taylor Swift songs. Which which one? Uh, the one the new one. That's oh, I like that new one. It first came out because it was different <laughs> than her old other ones. But just like Coldplay or like Ace of Base or something, just to me, not knowing the artist very well, they all kind of it's all that oh, like my love and the breakup and my life and everything, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. It's that's just like she's... very, it's a very emotional artist, I guess. Yeah. 
I mean, I, I, I'll be uh, the first to say I was a huge fan of Taylor Swift when she did country when I was younger. Mm-hmm. I loved her country shit. And then when she moved over to pop and, you know, got into that world, that's when I just kind of stopped listening to her. But you throw on like picture to burn or, you know, something like that. I'll, I'll listen to that all day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Not to say that she doesn't have some great songs. I just it's I just don't get the the girls that are just like waiting for a new song to come on and then they just start screaming and crying and stuff. I'm like, oh my God, like, just, wait just download you, it. Until you get to the concert, till you, it's your favorite song, then you start crying. You don't cry yeah. before. And, <laughs> you know, like like I, I told you, Lex, if if somebody offered me free tickets, I definitely would go because yeah, I want to experience it. You know, it's something that, it's not my thing, but I, I'm always open to new experiences and stuff. But um, I don't know. Just what, what would I wear there? Sparkles. <laughs> sparkles. You'd have to borrow some sparkles from Jason. <laughs> yeah, I saw you could get one Taylor Swift ticket uh, to her concert, or you could get like a whole season past all of like Alabama's football games. I was like, damn. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, that is crazy. Well, and then I, I always see people have this argument. I wonder what you guys think. So at least the videos I've seen of her concerts, you can't hear her singing no. because everybody is screaming at the top of their lungs around you. Yeah. So got to be there. <laughs> what I guess I don't know if there is there a right answer. So half of the people will say, yeah, that's fucked up. Like we paid a lot of money. I want to hear her sing. I didn't hear to pay you sing. Mm-hmm. But then the other side of the argument is, well, they paid to experience her concert how they want to as well. Yeah. And they want to fucking sing like who's to say that they can't. We scream sing at every concert. If we know the song, we're scream singing. Maybe. I, I think so. I mean, I'll, I'll <laughs> definitely sing uh, some songs, but I don't think I'm louder than the artist <laughs> at the true, same true. time. Yeah, I don't, maybe, maybe they just like all being there with like, like-minded people, and it just feels like one big girl's party right there. Yeah. Maybe and they're like, Taylor's, you know, the guest of honor. Yeah. Like, no, Taylor, this is our party. You're just the guest of honor, okay? <laughs> yeah. Think about girls in the car. They love like singing together. They're always loud. And you're just like, geez, what are they doing? But that's what we do together. We sing sing our songs. Well, if that's <laughs> the case, uh, Brandon and I are going to run out August's uh, workshop and just show the Taylor Swift uh, concert up on a big screen and y'all can come in and we'll charge half the price. <laughs> you can scream as much as you want and uh, and you can just watch your video there because it's kind of the same thing at that point. Sounds good to me. <laughs> we'll, have a, we'll have discounted Bud Light. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Have you been on uh, on the hooch yet this year? I, I saw it's on, on some of my time hops. It's like I was I'm getting notifications of like, oh, this is my first float of the season Start from like season. two, three years ago. Is it starting to get that warm yet? Or what do you think? Yeah, no, I was just about to say that we haven't been out there. It's uh, it's been fairly cool, which, um, you know, I'm thankful for. It's, uh, it's 71 here today when we're recording this. And it really I don't think we've had any any uh, temperatures close to the 90s. Maybe a few days they were in the low 80s, but it's really ain't been hot enough and we we keep getting a lot of rain too so that just cools it right back down but oh, yeah i'm ready to go we just got to get a little group of people together and get some tubes you know and head on out there where did y'all where did we used to put in at it was like above atlanta like past all the shitty part uh yeah island ford was it part is it island ford uh, park or yeah nature preserve or something like yeah. that yeah off, off um not too far from roswell road Probably. sandy springs uh yeah well yeah roberts drive yeah. But basically behind Pontoon Brewing, like there's a road that kind of goes back there. That's a, that's where our, we used to live, you know, back in the lodge. So, yeah, we, you know, we'd drop in there and then, you know, we could get out at our place or get out at, um, was it Azalea Park, I think? Yeah, at the very end. There. Or Riverside, Riverside Park. Riverside. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that seemed, I was like that the best. Uh, the city one was, I, I wasn't a huge fan of because it would get super busy. And then we went up further north 
like, um, where was it? A couple of times where, um, kind of Swanee area, I think. I can't yeah. remember exactly. Duluth? Duluth? Yeah, yeah, it was more yeah. Duluth, yeah. but yeah. the the river's a lot thinner there, and then there was a bunch of trees on the side, so you didn't, you had to like actively like watch to not get rammed into a tree and take out your eye or something. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, if you guys go, I, I definitely recommend going there. And you could probably just go to my old apartment and fucking park there. Yeah, I, I doubt they'd say attention. anything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the last time we went was uh, when uh, your buddy Tom popped his tube. Mm-hmm. Well, that was, what, oh, two years yeah. ago? Oh, yeah. It wasn't last year, right? Mm-hmm. No, yeah, two years ago, I guess, because, yeah, we've Before been here for moved. almost a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I thought, was it Tom? No, I thought August popped his tube. Was it August? Tom, uh, Tom lost his that... phone in the in the water. It was someone, and then you <laughs> you ran back and got it. <laughs> like that was, that, we had our we had our phones in that bag, and it was like sitting in the water. And it was like after the two popped, and then someone wanted their phone, and they said, "Uh oh." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, what happened? What what happened was, so I thought it was either yours or August's tube that popped, and so we luckily we were towards the beginning. And we just pulled over the side, and I ran through the woods back to the car, and we had a, an extra tube. So we got back there and filled that one up. We were good to go. Then we usually would stop on that sandbar and, um, you know, smoke a blunt. We usually would make sandwiches, and, you know, drink some beers and, you know, kind of hang around. And then when we got back in the tube and started going again, yeah, he Tom was asking, hey, can, can I grab my phone? And he had asked us. He's like, do I need, like, you know, one of those cases or anything? I was like, no, you don't need it. It's going to be in my waterproof bag. Well, somebody didn't um, close up the waterproof bag. So when I go and pick it up, it was like, because usually I, I tie it to my tube and it's just hanging in the water. And I pick it up and it was the waterproof bag. It it worked, but the water was on the inside of the bag. And so, yeah. <laughs> so, All no, of our phones. Yeah, every one of our phones. And of course, I think he was the only one that had like a phone from 1996 that wasn't waterproof anymore. He was due for an upgrade for sure. <laughs> and we told him not to bring it. We're like, you don't need it. Don't bring it if you don't need it. Brought it. Yeah. And he was the, he's my friend. We had him on, on the podcast, like towards the beginning. He's my friend that lives in Tulum. He's been there for like 10 years, but he said all of his photos from Mexico, from his trip to Cambodia, they were all on that phone. And he was like super upset about it. I felt so bad. Yeah, um, I thought it was so ironic because he was the only one that was wanting his phone and he was, his phone's the only one that got destroyed. Yeah. I was like, damn, that sucks. <laughs> yeah, that is uh, not a good situation. Oh man, dude! So we were watching this. Um, what was it a YouTube video, TikTok, Flex? Mm. The 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 lady that didn't want to give her driver's license to the cop. TikTok, yeah, yeah, yeah. TikTok. So, so we saw this uh, TikTok video, and it was you know one of those kind of police body cam videos. And this lady didn't want to give the guy her driver's license. He, she's like, I don't need one. I don't need a dr- uh, driver's license. She's like, yeah, no, she's like, I'm not driving. I'm traveling. Yeah, I'm traveling. (laughs) That was like, she's like, I don't need one in the United States. And then eventually it got to be, we figured out she's a sovereign or she claims to be a sovereign citizen. Have you ever seen these people? Yeah, I've heard of that. I I really don't understand the ruling on that or exactly how that works. They like waive their rights or something, but then they also have rights. I don't know. I've always been confused by that. Yeah, I don't know exactly, but I've seen these people with driving and doing taxes and i think their argument is which i don't it, it may be true I don't, I don't know but their argument is i think is there is no law saying you have to pay taxes there's like a law saying if you don't pay taxes that you get in, you know you get in trouble or something but mm-hmm. i think their their argument is like we don't have to pay taxes because there's nothing that says we have to pay taxes like in the constitution or anything like that and then um 
But with the driving situation, they said, I don't know why they think this, but they think in, if it's a commercial vehicle, you need a driver's license. But if you're otherwise, you're just traveling. Yeah. It's just a resident or pedestrian vehicle. Yeah. So I don't know. Like I, we were kind of talking about this this morning and I feel like they om- almost have a point with the like if you're born. So you're born in this country. You don't have a choice. Like you're just born. But all of a sudden you have to agree to all these laws and rules and government and, and taxes and, and how everything's set up. And it's like, why do I have to do that just because I was born, you know, not just here or, you know, in any country. It's like, why do you have to obey those laws? Like I'm a human. Um, I should be able to like pick and choose. And I know you can move somewhere else, but I think what they're saying is like, I'm a sovereign citizen. I was born here, but I don't agree to these rules that have been placed upon me just because I have my life started here. Kind of thing. So I'm like, I get it kind of makes sense in a way. I mean, it's not it's not going to work, but it makes sense to me. I don't know. What do you guys think? Yeah. So I guess they're kind of like they're like they live here, but they're technically not a citizen of the United States of America. They're just a person who lives in the United States of America. Yeah, I think so. Like but at that point, wouldn't you have to like I guess they they don't want to vote or do anything like that either. I mean, if you waive your certain rights, you can't just say pick and choose what rights you don't want to have. Right. Right. Yeah. And I don't think they're like waiving their rights i think they're just saying like i was never a part of this country i made no like agreement to be a part of an organization that i didn't have any say in like you know when you're born you don't have you didn't get to vote so you all these laws that are placed upon you you don't have any representation of you know was it like no taxation without representation that kind of thing Mm -hmm. so i think they're saying like i didn't agree to these terms but they've just been placed upon me just because i was you know, my parents gave birth to me here. Like, that's not fair, which I almost kind of agree with. But, you know, it's not going to fly because as soon as you're using like with the car thing, you could maybe argue that if you were driving on like gravel roads or, or like something that was private, but you're driving on public roads. Yeah. So, yeah, you need a fucking license because they paid for the roads that you're driving on. If you are driving a motor vehicle in the United States of America, using our schools, hospital, anything like that. You're paying taxes. You are part of the civilization. If you don't use any of that, if that lady wasn't in a car and whatever, sure, do your little whatever you want to do. But if you're, it, you can't just pick and choose what you want to do and what you don't, you know. But if somebody's coming from another country and not like to live here, but they're just visiting, like let's say they're from England or yeah. something, they come here, they don't, I mean, they have to obey by like obviously the traffic laws and stuff, but they don't have to pay you know, income tax just because they're here or yeah, whatever. What? Yeah. So I don't know. They don't have to have a license either, right? Yeah. Use their passport. Yeah. I don't know how they do it here. If they, if their driver's license at home is considered like here in Mexico, if you rent a car, you have to show a driver's license, but they'll accept your U S driver's license from any state. Like they, they agree that that's acceptable in Greece. When we went there, I had to get an international driver's license which is just a fucking cash grab, really, because I went to AAA, got my picture taken um, and paid like 25 bucks. And then I can drive for the next like month in any country that accepts it on the planet. <laughs> so like the, Did it make you do a test or anything? No, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. Your money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Basically. Right. And but I've heard some people do that here, too. Like, I guess the U.S. recognizes as international 
um, driver's licenses. So maybe if you're from a country where they they don't recognize that country's driver's license, you can get this international one. Mm-hmm. But they don't do any like they don't test you or anything. They're just like, hey, the test is, do you have twenty five dollars? You write your name. Can you take a picture? And you have twenty five dollars. <laughs> but what do you think, Brandon? Do you think people can claim to be sovereign citizens? I mean, if they want to, I would say so. But like I said, you, you don't need to be – you can't take advantage of things that are paid for with taxes. Yeah. That's that's what I would say. So no health care. You better find your own doctor or make up your own black magic medicine or something. You better make your own roads and you better make your own cars and you better make your own school and find some land, I guess, that no one's uh, no one actually technically owns. And then, you know, I guess build your house with – I don't know how you would do that. I guess you would have to – buy stuff that's taxable but i guess you wouldn't pay the tax on it so i don't i don't know how that would work but yeah. i guess for the for the most part if as long as you're not using things that uses taxpayer money i guess you could be a sovereign citizen but i think your life's gonna suck a whole lot more than just paying taxes <laughs> yeah or are they yeah because i would think the same you'd have to not use anything that was paid for with the taxes that we've you know like paid into and people are, you know, taking advantage of it. But like I was saying with somebody from another country, like they're taking advantage of the roads. They didn't pay the taxes for those roads and they're using them. Um, but like, if you're trying to claim that you're not using anything with owning, like you could say you'd have to like stay on your own property. You'd have to live out in fucking Montana and stay on your own property. And if you're on your own property that you own, I could see the argument of saying like, well, I shouldn't have to, why am I paying property taxes on, on my property? I own this property. Like do so, like, how how deep does, you know, it's kind of like drones in the FAA. Like, there's a certain, like, height thing where it's considered, um, you know, like, they have to have a license for it or whatever. The same thing, like, going down, like, down below. Like, how deep does the, the ground go until it's the, not the government anymore? Does it go all the way to the center? Does it go all the way to China? How do you know? Like, we'll shave your three feet off the top and set it aside. You can come pick <laughs> yeah. that up. Yeah. That's your, like, U.S. government. Because if that's the case, if it only goes, you know, like, what is it, um out in the ocean it's like so it's international waters was like three miles out or something is that yeah something like like no one owns it yeah and then it's like yeah just international is there a a depth like can i dig like 30 feet down and just build my house down there and i don't have to pay any taxes on it i don't think it's the depth it's (laughs) you're paying property taxes on your actual city and state that are that put your street in, put your sidewalk in, put your plumbing underneath there that goes to the water facility, that goes to the electric company, that goes, you know, that's what you're paying for. All these services that are coming to your property, to your land, you own the house and that is your property, but it's, you still have to pay taxes on it because. But the taxes are on your property. It's not, those things are what they use the property tax money for to -hmm. buy all those things, I, I would assume. But we you're paying really. t- you're paying money on your actual property, or you're paying taxes on your actual property that you own. Because I think it's is it by like size? I have no idea. I don't own any property, but like, Probably. do you pay by yeah. like the square foot or acre? Or yeah, something I think like by that? the acres and the location you're in, and you know what kind of area it is. Is it like swampy or you know if it, is it usable land? Is it shitty land? Is it mountain land? You know, yeah, is there good wood on it, bad wood. Yeah, so I think they're trying to say. I mean, kind of like Native Americans, somewhat. You know, with um, with the reservations, they kind of, I know they still have to kind of abide by certain things, but they kind of make their own laws and own, own rules and shit there. So I think that's what those people are looking for. But it sounds crazy because, I mean, if they are right, like, yeah, let's just stop paying taxes. 
Just kidding. Everything collapsed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, I do know one, one fun fact is like if there's a creek, river, or stream, like anyone can be on that no matter where it is. So if you got like a, a creek running through your property, people have the right uh, to take a boat down that creek or, you know, walk down the creek or whatever, and you can't do anything about it. Really? That was odd too. I found that out a couple months ago. It's like the right, the right, the traveler or something like that on water. Okay. So yeah. The water you can, you can travel on. Yeah. That makes sense. Cause then you like, let's say you're taking a boat down the Mississippi and somebody owned land on each side of it. They're not, they can't like put a toll booth up or whatever. So you can't go you know, down this waterway or something, but it's the same thing in Mexico. Um, it is all, all Mexican beaches are public. Every beach in Mexico is public. No, no resort can block off the beach. You can't have a private, you can have a house on the beach, but from the waterline, I think it's it's either 25 or 50 meters um, from like the ocean waterline up like 25 to 50 meters is uh, public property. So like you, when you've been down here, remember when we went to that, um, that beach club right on the beach uh, with Jason and Rachel and everyone. And there was that, yeah, yeah. and there, they were in the chairs, but we were in the water and there, uh-huh. and there was those little picket, uh, like that little fence, basically. It was like a little rope yeah, fence. Little off area. Yeah, so that's that's the difference there. So, like, we can sit right in front of it, and there's nothing they can do about it. They can't kick you out. And same thing with resorts that put their beach chairs out there and stuff. You can actually argue with them. If it's if it's less than 50 meters from the water, then you can argue with them and, and say, like, no, this is public beach. You can't tell me I can't sit. I can't sit in your chair, but I can sit here because every beach is public. And it's, I thought it's pretty cool how Mexico did it. Cause they want all their citizens to be able to enjoy the beach. They don't want these big resorts to just line up along the beach and be able to shut everyone out from getting there and yeah, saying, yeah, all the land and everything. Yeah. So you could like get a little shanty next to those big ass, nice uh, resorts and just like walk down and just sit right there wherever you want. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's what we do. we like, we, we just go through these little beach access ways and then we can, you know, plop down, put our chairs right in front of the fancy resorts and there's nothing they can do about it. So, yeah, it's pretty That's cool. Pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I didn't know like, that. To the man, their, yeah. own, their own man. Yeah. But I didn't know that about rivers and stuff. That makes sense. That's, that's a good, uh, good to know. Yeah. yeah. And apparently like if you, uh, I know this happened in Ozark, but uh, I think it's actually true. You know how did y'all watch Ozark? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. You know when the the Snells, uh, Marty convinced the Snells to flood their land. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. And then it turned into state property because the state owns the water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so technically, they own the land below, but the the state owns the water. Right. So I think it's kind of like the same same principle right there. Yeah, and I think it's also like they can't dam up the water and like keep the water from coming down to somebody else's property or something. So that yeah, that yeah. makes sense. All right, well, let's uh, let's go ahead and get into the interview. If you are a two, premium 2%er, two make sure you stick around afterwards uh, for the bonus content. Um, I also wanted to tell you real quick, uh, just to refresh you, if you haven't been listening, the show schedule now is uh, Clueless 2 on Monday, The BS on Wednesday, and A Mexico Moment with Nate and Alexis on Friday. Um, and then also, if you are a premium 2%er and you are getting the newsletter we um we've been sending out the the private YouTube link for the the full video show. Um, we're not going to be doing the newsletter every week now. So now because now we can do the video episode on Spotify. So if you are a premium two percenter, you'll have access to that video episode on Spotify. And uh, we're just going to send out a newsletter whenever there's something interesting going on. I don't want to like you know spam you every week. So if you're looking for that new episode, just uh, go on over to Spotify and you'll be able to see the video episode right there in your Spotify app or on uh, the desktop app. 
Um, but let's go ahead and get into the interview. Hold up. Wait a minute. Let's hear from our sponsors. Just about everything needs to be insured in your life, right? So find the best in the business. That'd be Sean Camp at Country Financial. House, boat, motorcycle, car, you name it, needs to be insured. How do you get a hold of Sean? Easy. Call him. He'll pick up 678-519-9028. Tell him Jason said, hello, 678-519-9028. Yeah, make sure you mention the BS because he takes care of the two percenters. Or you can email sean.camp at countryfinancial.com. S-H-A-U-N dot C-A-M-P at countryfinancial.com. The camp agency at Country Financial. It is your one-stop shop for all your insurable needs. You're the only person I'm going to say this to. Feel free to call my wife. 404-797-4600. That's if you're looking to buy or sell a house because she's a realtor and that's why I'm here to tell you how great she is and how awesome she's going to be for you. She's a realtor with Coldwell Banker, Rachel Guy. She's your guy, and she's my wife, and she's awesome. 404-797-4600. You can also get a hold of her. I am rachelguy at gmail.com. Rodents get cold, too. They might want to get warm in your attic or crawl space. Uh-uh, not on Inspect All Pest Services Watch. Inspectallservices.com. That's the website you need to go to and book an appointment. Mention the BS. Receive 10% off your exclusion work. Did you know that uh, one big issue with house fires is that squirrels cause them by chewing constantly, chewing on the wires, plus all the disease the rodents bring in. Don't let that happen to your house. Inspectallservices.com. And back to you, Jason. As a football fan, there's no doubt this is one of my favorite dudes on TV. I watch the uh, Fox pregame show. Their chemistry is unmatched, which is more than half the battle when you do this business, without a doubt. Uh, But he's the insider of insiders when it comes to the NFL, and he's got this uh, new paperback, Unbreakable, which, from what I understand really just breaks down, I mean, really breaks down uh, the man. How do I turned my depression and anxiety into motivation, and you can too, by the great Jay Glazier. Jay, how are you? Good, man, living the dream. How you doing? The same, my friend, the same, living the dream as well. Uh, so it's, it's really good to have you on. I, I'm a big fan. I, I love what you do. I, I, I think, I think that the biggest thing that you do is just be yourself, which not a lot of TV people do. So I can appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um, the, this book, you know, I mean, being in a, in such a, a guy environment and you're a guy dude, not only football, but MMA and you, you're publishing this book that just tear peels back the layers of the onion. That is Jay Glazier and the depression that you suffered from and how you got out of it. That takes a lot to do that. What pushed you to write this book? Yeah, suffer, not suffered. Um, to, you know, don't, don't, it's, it's still an ongoing progress. I'm a, I'm a work in progress. And, you know, for years, yeah, I kind of, you know, I created that character that you guys see every week of the glaze on TV. And, you know, I've, it's something I was born with, which is it's my earliest childhood memory. I have clinical, severe depression, anxiety, bipolar, uh, ADD. 
And um, then I just kind of hit it and, and suffered in silence for all these years. And, you know, one thing God blessed me with the ability to do is communicate. And I wanted to kind of be the one that kicked the door down and, and describe this so we could start having these conversations. And that's what's really helped me is for years, you know, look, when you're in football and fighting like I've been, and it's a blazer's crazy, crazy is a badge of honor. Just no one knew what kind of pain I was in. So I, I you know, the biggest thing I felt that I was able to do and, and one of my, you know, one of my pillars of getting through my own gray is being of service. And we all talk mental health is right now, but, but who describes it? Who gives it words? We can have the conversation. And I'll tell you, like, what really helped. It was, it was I was going to embark on this book, and a couple of years ago, I was in a really, really dark place. And I, and listen, my, my gray, um, it, it's an everyday thing in my life. I, I never knew what I'm going to wake up with every day. But every day I wake up, feeling the sky's falling, the universe is against me, everybody hates me, and, and I have to pull myself out of it. And I, and I know it's not true, right? Everybody doesn't hate me. The universe conspires to help me. None of that's true. But when you're, you know, when you're stuck in this, it's, it's, it's hard. And a couple of years ago, um, I was in a really bad place. And I, it was a Tampa Super Bowl. I called Rondé Barber and, and, and three other friends of ours down in Tampa. And I was coming down there. I said, hey, guys, I need to meet for dinner tonight. And they all had plans. I said, no, no, I need to meet with, for dinner tonight. I'm struggling. Uh-huh. And they're like, oh, okay, get yeah, both. And they came and met. They're like, man, why have you never told us before? I'm like, I didn't know how to. Um, so this is me coming forward, how to. And two of the other guys to dinner are like, well, man, we're so glad you're doing it because we're struggling too. And I was like, man, I got to do this on a much bigger way, much bigger platform. I got to give it words to people so we can have those conversations with each other. And listen, we're all going through something. Whether you have my level of depression or anxiety or not, we're all going through something because social media makes us all think our lives suck, right? We're comparing ourselves to everybody else on Instagram and Facebook. We feel so damn left out. makes us feel like losers. And uh, Twitter, like, hurt people, hurt people. We're all so hurt. People are just mowing people down on Twitter and, and uh, just bullying each other. It's just, yeah. The human condition is not meant for that. Do you, so I wanted to really give it words so we could have this conversation, man. Do, do you have, I mean, I, I'm afraid to ask this question because I'm afraid to get the answer, but do you have, oh, low, Go ahead. do you have low self-esteem? But, um, I had no self-esteem for the longest time. And I'll tell you how bad mine was. I used to go, when I used to, to fight, um, I would go to fight thinking my opponent was more deserving to win. Wow. That's messed up. That's like going in and, and felting he, yeah, he deserved it. It's terrible. But I would also fight because I felt like I belonged in a cage. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, I don't know if that's low self-esteem, but that's really messed up self-esteem. But in certain things, yes, certain things, no. You know, certain things I'm like, no, I'm a gangster. I'm good. But I, I have all the confidence in the world in a lot of things in my life. Uh, but when it came to receiving love, I had no self-esteem. So, like, I don't know what it's like to feel love from the inside out. And that sucks. And that makes me feel bad for this guy who's saying this. Um, but also at the same time, it motivated me to go do all these great things that you guys are seeing because that brings me love from the outside in. So I actually kind of flipped the script on my anxiety and depression and used it to motivate me to go make my dreams come true. Have, have you ever said to yourself, <clears throat> I'm Jay Glazier, I am a celebrity, I'm the best at what I do, I'm on every Sunday national television with millions of people watching. 
people adore me. They like me. Uh, you know, who cares about the trolls? They don't exist in my world because I've got everything. I've got a new fiance. The world is my oyster. Yep. Do, you, do you say these things to yourself? Because from the outside, people are going, dude, what are you talking about, Jay? How can you not be the happiest guy in the world? No doubt. And that's the thing. Like, my life is great, but between my ears sucks. And it's a chemical thing for me. It's not, and it's not something I've signed up for. So I do see it. I understand it. But when you wake up every day, um, feeling that you're not deserving of it, it's going to get ripped from you as a result. Um, you have this imposter syndrome a lot of times. Um, yeah, you, you know, when you have anxiety and depression, the roommates in your head play a lot of games in there. And, you know, one of the things, listen, I've been on both sides of this too. I've been broke. I was, first 11 years of my career, I made 9450 bucks a year living in New York City. Right? But because... You know, I, I had that lack of love. It forced me to outwork the world to make my dreams come true. And now I'm unbreakable. So I, I, I understand both of it. Uh, but when I first got there at the top, I thought it was going to be rainbows and unicorns, and it wasn't. You have to learn how to love yourself up from the inside out. And now I've been able to do that. Now for the first time, like, look, I just got engaged two weeks ago. I'm yeah. 53. I'm here to show it's never too late. Because every other relationship in the past, because I didn't feel worthy of it, pushed away i sabotaged i made sure it wouldn't happen now i'm marrying the greatest woman in the world and, and rosie tennis and one of the tennyson twins she was one of the doubleman twins and she like you know but even like her like last week <laughs> i started like sabotaging and pushing her away and she's like hey 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 i'm not going anywhere i'm in with you oh, i'm here cool. i'm good but i still have this but now i'm able to communicate it better and that's really with this book man i wanted to be able to give it words to all of us we could start having this conversation together. In the past, I just would have sabotaged it. Now I know how to talk about my feelings with her. And when I'm feeling, you know, wonky and, and like I want to sabotage it, we're able to talk about it and get through it in about 15 minutes. That's a totally different life for me. But, but the answer to your other question, yes, I do look at it like, man. It, you know, but it's kind of funny. The character that I built up, that glaze, he can feel what you're talking about. But me... You know, little little Jason Glazer, little kid in me, um, has a hard time feeling that to this day. Wow. Well, congratulations on the engagement, by the way. I, I saw some of the pictures online. Where, like, where, oh, yeah. where, where'd you get engaged? Like, was it in front of an apartment complex or something? Where'd you get down on the knee? <laughs> so, <laughs> no, it was, it was actually, um, we, we started dating in COVID. And then, actually, we split up. I did push her away. And, um it really forced me to go do this work on myself on a different level. Man, I went to Thailand for like 35 days and went and fought Muay Thai in the jungle and met with these monks. And I know not everybody can do that, but man, I said, I got to go do something because I'm just a mess um, and learn breath work and meditation and learn how to write gratitude lists so I can be grateful for what you're talking about there. Um, but our first date was in uh, Santa Monica during COVID. Uh -huh. so there was nothing open. So I took like a bottle of white wine back then and, we sat there and looked at the Ferris wheel of Santa Monica. So I brought her back to that same, same exact spot, except uh, they're like filmed a movie when we got there <laughs> and like craft services were set up all around the spot. So yeah, it looked like this janky little thing that <laughs> like with picnic tables set up like what, like, like the most classless engagement in the history of life. But it was the same exact spot as the first day. Uh, you're, you're Jay Glazier's a romantic who knew, right? <laughs> who knew, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm secure of my man in that way. Yeah. 
as as the as an insider in the NFL, which you know I'm a huge NFL fan, just as many people listening are as well. And then you've got the different insiders for the different networks. What's more important to have with the uh, players and management in order to get this in- information? Is it more business or is it more personal? Because to me, like when you say you're going out with Rondé Barber and a couple other people down in Tampa who are nameless, obviously, you have these relationships. But now that relationship's on a different level because you've opened up a, uh, with the mental health issue, which they might be suffering from too. But how does business yeah. kind of tw- intertwine into that? I've kind of always been the relationship guy. You know, when I first started in the business, I looked at it and said, how can I be different from everybody else? And back then they used their pen as a weapon. I said, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to start relationships with these guys. And now the whole, bit, the whole everything is relationship based. You know, it's all done that way now. But back then I used to get killed for it. When they said I wasn't objective and I would fight back with them and say, well, I think you're not objective. If, you know, these guys don't give me an interview, you kill them. So, you know, we kind of fought back and forth about that. And that was the early nineties. Um, but now obviously the business has changed, but I've always been a relationship guy and you're right now. Things have changed now where look, teams now bring me in, um, to talk about mental health teams used to bring me in for, to talk about violence with my mixed martial arts program. Yeah. And now teams bring me in to talk about health, uh, which is the best thing I could ever do. And, and that's, and I tell these teams also like, listen, mental health is so reactive nowadays. Like it's not proactive. You guys, you know, physically, you guys don't just catch passes when you, when you have drops or run 40s when you think you're losing a step. You do it all the time. With the mental health, you only see a therapist when the sky is falling. That's too late. We need to start being proactive with our mental health, start doing these things on a regular basis now to start building mental health and the mental wealth. But there's not enough therapists for us yet. So in the meantime, we need to lean into each other. We need to turn to each other. We need to be each other's coaches and teammates and therapists and think of how close that'll make you as a team. If you could all be vulnerable, lean into each other, that vulnerability is your true strength. And man, I did it with the Vikings and Seahawks last year. And those teams, man, they had a, their locker rooms really helped build them to what they were. And they both shocked the world last year. Yeah. And what they did. So I'm not, I'm not taking credit for it, but <laughs> I'm saying they definitely lean into each other um, on a different level and got a lot closer. And that's what we all need to do. All of us, whether you're on a football team or not, Masters with this book, that's what I'm trying to get us all to do. In 2007, you created the first mixed martial arts training program for pro athletes here in the States. And now I've trained over 1,000 pro athletes. As a kid growing up, I mean, I'm 47 now, but as a kid growing up, I remember, and I'll never forget this, there was an interview, and I want to say it was with, it was John Randall, it was either John Randall or Chris Dolman, rest in peace, where they talked about using uh, a judo in order to get you know get the vice grip off of the offensive linemen, you know, as defensive players, and I was like, oh my god, they're using karate to in football. That's crazy. It was the right. first time I ever heard of mixing the two together. And you actually yep. teach these guys, like, look, there there yep. are things that you can do and pressure points that you can hit to have that guy get his hands off you, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we teach, you know, we we do an awful lot of wrestling, which is leverage work. We also give these guys the wrestler's mentality of this grind, 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 grind. And wrestlers, man, there's no glory in that. You are, it, and What makes someone great is the hours of work you put in when no one's watching. That's a wrestler. And 
you know, we teach these guys leverage. We teach them body on body work. But yeah, you know, we also teach them when they put when you when you put, we put our hands on you every single time we're going to make it hurt. So instead of open hand slapping, we ball our fists up like hammer fists and start cracking away at people's forearms and start attacking those nerves and just start chipping away and chipping away and chipping away. But also, I want these guys to understand, man. Most of these guys sign up to play a sport. You make it a fight and you keep putting your hands on people like that. By third or fourth quarter, they're going to go. I didn't sign up for this. Yeah. I didn't sign up to tangle up with Lane like this. I didn't sign up to deal with this with Jared Allen like this. I didn't sign up, you know, so that's, you know, it, it, the Andrew Whitworth of the world that really kind of took on this, you know, our, our, our training. Um, man, it's, it, like I said, if you can make this a fight, that third and fourth quarter, you'll have an awful lot of guys looking to tap out. Yeah. Uh, Nate, do you have a question for Jay Glazier? Yeah, Jay, you've done a little acting, you know, ballers and the league. Was that anything that you, and obviously you played yourself, but was that anything you ever wanted yeah. to get into a little bit more acting? No, I, so you're right. I played my normal Jagoff self in those, so I wasn't really <laughs> acting. And the thing with ballers, my relationship with Dwayne was so great. I didn't really go off the scripts, the ADD. I can't remember scripts. So I would just kind of, you know, take what they kind of wanted me to do and just do me. And, you know, most of it was just how much can I needle Dwayne? And they're like, roll, roll, keep going, keep going. And that, that got me five years on that show. So <laughs> it's something to be said for being authentic. I, I love it, right? and I had so much fun. I do love to laugh. Laughter gets me through my anxiety. So I'm constantly trying to laugh and, and figure out ways we can have fun. So that, that though, ballers changed my life. It I was could, so much fun. I had so blast doing it, man. I could see you doing stuff with wrestling. I'm surprised you haven't done more stuff with wrestling, like WWE or AEW. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. I don't know why I haven't either. I agree. It's the one thing I haven't done. I should. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, you fit right in, man. I mean, like, I know a lot of those guys. Yeah, absolutely. They're all from uh, your neck of the yeah, woods, too. Who are you friends with in the wrestling business? Well, obviously, Rock, um, Mark Henry, The Miz. Yeah. Yeah, a bunch of them. Cat, a big show. Bunch of those cats. Yeah, Mark Henry's a good dude. He, uh, last time I talked to him, he, he was trying to get me in on uh, buying a cow down in Texas. Every year he buys a cow. <laughs> and, and, he comes into our gym. He comes into our gym and he's like, hey, Glaze, you got uh, you got a size 54 uh, shorts I can borrow? I'm like, bro, <laughs> who has a size 54 shorts when I'm laying around? And he's like, hey, 54 in the waist, but sexy in the face. <laughs> uh, I also want to bring this up. I mean, this is, you know, good timing for, for this uh, for this book, uh, Unbreakable by Jay Glazier, because May is Mental Health Awareness Month. Um, in, in 2015, you uh, founded the uh, charity organization MVP, Merging Vets and Players to Assist Combat Veterans and Former Professional Athletes. Um, who have a tough time adjusting to back to civilization. And, and I've done a lot of work in this arena as well. Uh, I have some one degree away from people that have struggled coming back. So I, I understand it. W when you when you talk with these these guys and girls and help them, do you ever bring up brain mapping or testosterone maintenance in order to help with PTSD? No, I don't believe that. For us, basically, we train for about a half hour together just to give you the burn again. But after, we sit around and we, we talk about mental health. We open up to each other. And, um, you know, it's, it's and that's kind of given my, my, my proving ground. We have so much success there. And 
in preventing suicides in MVP and, and empowering people to, to really have their dreams come true after their uniform comes off, whatever the uniform is. Um, but once I realized, man, I, I can open up with this crew and help this crew, which is a high-risk group, if I can do that with them, I can really do that with the rest of the world. And that's where Unbreakable, a lot of Unbreakable comes out of that. We use a lot of the lessons that we've learned in those MVP huddles um, in the book to, to really get people through it. And, like, look, our, you know, I, I know it's not the same job these guys have, sports and, and, and military, but the suck when the uniform comes off is the same. Yeah. The transition is the same, but how difficult it is. So I said, man, I, you know, I want to I give these guys a new locker room again. I want to give them a team again so they can lean into each other and they can each remind each other of what their greatness was. The, the, and still is. Right. There, there was a woman that I met not that long ago um, who helped her husband get through. I'll give you the short version. Helped her husband get through PTSD. I mean, everything was... It was the end of the days for both of them and their entire family until she was able to fix his brain, so to speak. And she learned how to brain map and she learned from the best neurologist in the country. And I had her do it to my brain. And and I'm very pro-testosterone maintenance as well. One of the things that they found was people that suffer from PTSD, depression, anxiety have low testosterone. And so you mix both of them understanding your brain and getting your levels good it's 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 a wow factor with getting back to reality. Yeah, a million percent. Because I mean, everything everything works in sync with each other. And without a doubt, if you have low testosterone, you're gonna struggle to get out of bed in the morning. And as we get older, you definitely need to get that regulated. Yeah. All right. Before we let you go, Jay, uh, you're the insider. Give me my first pick in my fantasy football draft uh, this upcoming year, please. Your first pick. Yeah. Who's- Is your league more big? Running backs, or it's it's. I, I would say Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey, yeah, I agree. With San Francisco, just a beast, right? Yeah, yeah, I agree. All right, I, I've always stayed away from him with Carolina because he was always getting injured. Yeah. But but I think he got injured because he was like, I need to extend my career because I'm not winning a Super Bowl in Carolina. <laughs> yeah, I think and Kyle Shanahan's an evil genius. So yeah, yeah. he's perfect where he is. Uh, all right, Unbreakable, how I turn my depression and anxiety into motivation, and you can too. Please Google it. You can find it anywhere, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, you name it. It is the great Jay Glazier. My friend, thank you so much for coming on. It was an absolute honor to have you on the show. Appreciate it, gang. All right, take care, Jay. Bye-bye. Get off my lawn. It's old man Kevin, and the BS is done for right now. Please share, like, and support. Podcast at BS.com. Now, get out of here.